0: Radio Influence. Ah, just like the old saying, there's no place like home. It's true, even though I had a great trip to Southern California, to L.A. Home of the stars, home of opportunity. Very, very interesting. I got tons of stories. I visited the Rainbow bar and grill legendary rainbow that was unbelievable Uh, who I ran into what went down had my wife and daughter I did all the chauffeuring you know how that goes dads Uh, it was just a great trip unbelievable but before I get into those stories let me welcome in my guest he is a broadcaster extraordinaire broadcaster and podcaster eight-year NFL offensive lineman Sirius XM, NFL, radio, Fox Sports. His podcast is called Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You Podcast. He is very intelligent. He claims just a fat kid living a dream. I first uh, became aware of him broadcasting-wise on, on Clay Travis' uh, show, that, the sports show that he used to do. And I was like, this guy's really, really good. And in all my years of covering the NFL, I swear the offensive linemen usually give you the best Sound bites, the best interviews. And Jeff Schwartz was great. So let me welcome in Jeff Schwartz. How did he do it from his athletic career and then being an NFL offensive lineman to get into broadcasting, a very tough field, and make it to the top? And he I swear he's still climbing. Here he is. Big man, Jeff Schwartz. All right. I am with the great Jeff Schwartz, one heck of a football player, was a good basketball player, was a good baseball player, but made his bones in football and now just moving up the, the charts in the broadcasting field. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for the nice introduction. No, I mean, it's, it's really uh, something to see. You know, To go from being a professional athlete to go over to broadcasting, yeah, you guys have been interviewed many a time, but it's it's a whole different thing, and
1: it's a big. Was it a big learning process for you, Jeff? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it takes years of just what they say, reps, right? You just take reps and reps and reps, and you gotta know, figure out what you're good at too. You just try, you you stab a lot of different things, right? You try different uh, types of radio, digital things, calling games, whatnot. You just kind of find out what you're good at. You just keep keep honing your crap, but it just takes time, hours, just you know, putting the work and also there's more to it
0: too isn't it getting along with people knowing the right people how much of a part of, that, of, of
1: it is that well knowing the right people is great and all but I mean I think it because it, I was not a Hall of Fame player didn't win a Super Bowl like that doesn't really matter you have to like my I had to work from from the bottom essentially because of that which is fine so like it's just about you have to just you have to be good Like, you don't get the opportunities of other people that are other former players that have won Super Bowls and have gold jackets and whatnot. So it wasn't about, no, I've met all the right people. It's a matter of being good at your job. Oh, that, yeah. that, that's a good point. Yeah. And when you get the opportunity, you got to be prepared yeah. and then run with it. Look, just, I know I know all the executives. That's not my, not, my problem. Is not knowing people. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, getting them to hire me. <laughs> now a little bit about your
0: career. Growing up, you were big. Yeah. Growing up, and it wasn't until like thirteen,
1: I believe, or, that you played football. Yeah, I started playing football until I was in high school. Um, it just was something that I was either too big for pee wee football or just never really. I never did it. I mean, I played flag football. You know, I played with my brother and my dad and whatnot, but I never played tackle football until high school.
0: And you played basketball and also baseball. Weren't you a pitcher,
1: too? Yes, I pitched, yeah. I thought I'd always play baseball. That was my... I was I always thought I'd, I... But I, I didn't throw hard enough, so that was kind of quickly... After about my junior year in high school, I figured out it was football was going to be my path, <laughs> as much as I love baseball. And at
0: that point, when you're a junior in high school, okay, and you're doing well, did you think then... I'm gonna be an NFL
1: player? No, I didn't even know. I, think, I didn't even know I go to college. I, I just, I, you know, people ask me this question all the time. Like, I just kept playing till someone told me I couldn't play anymore. Wow. Like, I go to college, I get my scholarship to Oregon, I played, got drafted. I just kept playing till someone wouldn't sign me anymore. Like, I never thought about even at Oregon, I never thought like, oh, I'd be a pro at, at this stage of my life. Like, I just. Just played till someone told me I couldn't play anymore. It's kind of that simple. It's incredible.
0: Dude. Okay, so you get into the NFL. Everybody tells you the big thing. You're like, all right, now everybody is good. Everybody is fast. Uh, but you made it. Yeah. So what was the what was the reason for you making it and sticking at the highest level, Jeff?
1: So I think for me, um, you know, I'm not the most athletic offensive lineman out there. So I really had to get along with my with my smarts and to kind of understand what was happening. And you know, being able to just know everything at at, at all times—I like just knew my job and everyone else's job. But just like being dependable in that way, really helped me stick on teams. Like they, they could trust. Okay, if I put Schwartz in, he's not going to screw it up. You know, he's going to do his job.
0: All right, my last two. I remember listening to you on um, Clay Travis. Yes. And 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 you were good there with him. Then you would end up fill in. That's a, and and do you think that's when you really started like making your move knowing wow I can do more than just kinda like be a contributor.
1: Well so yeah, so so Clay was kind of the first person to really get me filling opportunities with j uh, with We would fill in together and then I was doing a little ESPN radio too and one day I just um, asked the producer like, hey, I've never hosted a show before, like lead host, can I lead host a show? And she was like, sure. So I started doing some lead hosting as well and stuff like that. And you just I just never said no for like three years. I didn't matter what time of day it was—you know, 12 a.m., 1 a.m., overnight shifts, like morning shifts. I just be like, I would take every job I could, and again, just reps and reps and reps. But it was yeah, Clay. Clay was the first person to start giving me kind of those opportunities to uh, to, to host. I, I I know you're busy, so let's wrap it up. This is my last one. I ask all my guests, what is the best piece of advice
0: that you could give? I mean, would it be the same if somebody is young coming up the, the, the way in football and also in broadcasting? I mean, you're at the
1: top now in both. Thank you. Um, my high school football coach had a, a, um, a saying he told us, he said, don't lie to yourself. So like, you know deep down whether you put the work in or not, right? Like, You know if you're doing the job. And so just don't lie to yourself. Like, don't, like, you can say, oh, I, I've done enough for today. Well, have you have you really done enough? Like, have you done what you need to do? Have you prepared the way you need to prepare? Like, don't lie to yourself. So uh, it's been, it's great advice in all walks of life. Just don't lie. He is a big man, 6'6", six,
0: six, 340, and like a teddy bear. The big guy, the big guys are always the nicest guys. And in all my years of covering football The offensive linemen usually give you the best interviews, and no different. Jeff Schwartz. Like I said, he's got a lot of things going on. I first heard him on Clay Travis's sports show that he used to do, Um, and he was good. I was like, man, yeah, so, I mean, he's got a podcast. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you, just a fat kid living a dream. I would never call him fat, but Jeff, thank you very much, man. Continued success. I appreciate it. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready for my trip to Los Angeles? My daughter got straight A's. She's going into high school, honors courses, all this jazz. Wanted to go to Los Angeles. So here we go. I met them. They were on a camping trip with her brother in Oregon. They went to the Redwood Forest, another spot in Oregon, up in California. Anyway, and they flew into LAX. They already beat me there. The flight out, I was in row 38. There's 39 rows. So in a four and a half hour flight, somebody got to go to the bathroom. You just constantly at your thing. But overall, it was not a bad flight. The flight coming home, a red eye. We just got home yesterday. A red eye. A kid. Little kid behind me wailed and screamed blood curdling. There must something wrong for forty five minutes after takeoff. The mom would just go sh it was oh and then when he finally fell asleep, this is from Tampa this is from LA to Tampa. When he finally fell asleep, his body legs, feet were hitting into my back, but I didn't want it. So I couldn't recline my seat because I didn't want to wake this kid up. He was on his mother's lap. She finally got him to go to sleep. And that was my flight back. But you know what? It was an unbelievable trip. But of all, I was like, okay, there's like 39, 40 rows, six across, three there, three there. That's how many people are on this packed flight. And the one kid that's got issues, I don't know what was going on with this, but he's got has to be behind me. And it was. I go, oh. But anyway, we made it back. We're safe. There's no place like home. That's the old saying. And it really is true. It was an unbelievable trip. Now, I'm going to cut to the chase and give you my highlight. I, w- I had my wife and my daughter with me. And this was her present. She sees all these places on TikTok and who she follows. She wanted to go to the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. That's where we were staying. Another place called The Grove. Very nice. Beautiful. But after like two days, and I wouldn't shop. I would go in the stores with them a little bit, and then I'll see outside. And I would be outside and hang in. And, all right. Well, after day two, day three, it's like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I want to go to the Rainbow Bar and Grill off of Sunset. All of my friends that have gone there, everybody that I've followed. If you don't know, it is a legendary Rock and roll club on sunset next to the whiskey a go go, uh, across the street, down the street, Viper Room. When did I tell you what happened there? So, anyway, my wife goes, Sure, drop us off, and you got two hours to kill. We had done the Hollywood Hall uh, Walk of Fame. We were in out of Hollywood. We were, you know, Oh, my God. I got so many stories. So I was like, okay, great, 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 great. I'm doing the dad thing. When well, we went to the rental car, I'm in a Hertz Gold Club. So it's like, okay, pick any car here. Oh, here's something. Oh, here's something. Nice. Nope. My daughter, she's 13. She's turning 14. This, you know, 14 years old. She wants the biggest vehicle. Yeah, but I got to drive it in city traffic in these. I got to park on the street in between these little spaces. Nope, nope, this is what Addy wants. Oh, nope. so I was driving all week in the biggest ass SUV that you can get and dealing with it and dealing with it. So now it's my time and I'm going to get to go to the rainbow and have a couple of beers. I couldn't have more than two because I got to drive back and I'm chauffeuring them around. So I couldn't really cut loose, but I don't care. So it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. A nightclub usually that gets going later, but that's fine. I just wanted to see it. Lemmy, you know who Lemmy is from Motorhead. He has that thing on his face now. He passed away, but he he was known. I saw a documentary on Lemmy and the Rainbow. Matt Sorum from Guns and he was Guns and Roses, right? And also Velvet Revolver, the drummer. Uh, I know Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp. It's, it's known for rock stars, porn stars, actors, comedians, just a place to hang out and it's old school. And so I'm like, all right, now it's my time. I drop off the girls. This is after day three um, and I'm going to get to go to the Rainbow. So I'm looking for parking. Now, we had been driving up and down Sunset two times prior we were staying in Santa Monica. We had an unbelievable hookup. Not right next to the Santa Monica Pier or the beach, but about I don't know, 10 minutes inland, 15, 10. And I'll tell you, it was unbelievable. We had her parents knew a woman that had been a dermatologist for years to the stars and she had a place, just a secondary place. She bought two years ago and it was open and we we were able to stay, stay there for for a hookup. And then we used our points to fly. So, I mean, we did it up. So anyway, this is date. I'm cutting right to the chase for you guys. I want to see the rainbow. So I'm looking for a parking space on sunset. A lot of traffic, a lot of people. And oh, there's a spot right next to the light. I back it in with my big-ass SUV. I park it. I look. I am in front of the Viper Room. The Viper Room, if you don't know, Google it. It's now going to be leveled, and they're going to build some new building there. Somebody bought it, a developer. It was a hole in the wall. But rock bands that would play at the Hollywood Bowl, later that same night would end up doing a set in the heyday at the Viper Room, Johnny Depp used to own it. River Phoenix, the actor, died on the on the uh, right outside there. He overdosed, and they tried to bring him back to life. And he did. and that's where I ended up parking. Just put money in the meter, and I didn't try, I didn't try that. I'm like, look at this, the Viper Room. All right, so boom, I tick, click click lock it up, boom, cross the street, whiskey a go go, my buddy. He has since passed. He used to have a rock and roll band in New Jersey. When I used to live next to him, I would go to all of his gigs. He was my best buddy. He died of brain cancer. Too young. He was going to be a star. He was on 92K Rock. They did an interview. He's an up-and-coming star, man. And when he lived in L.A., he played the whiskey. And I looked up to the heavens and I said, Dave. Dave Madonna. Dave Madonna. He was going by Dave Madonna because Madonna was big. He was Dave Madonna, East Coast rocker, Jersey rocker. Just kidding around, Dave Monarch. But anyway, I said, Dave, I'm here at the whiskey. So I went by the whiskey. Another bar on Sunset right there, Rock, Rock Riley's, Rock O'Reilly's, Irish bar. I had to take a picture, no relation. And then I'm walking and here's the rainbow. Now, it's broad daylight, 4.30 in the afternoon on a weekday. I go in, I was like, this is how you go in this door, not the front, like the side kind of here. And there's an outdoor area. Now I had just watched the documentary of Lemmy from Motorhead and this was his place. He would sit at the corner of the bar, play this game, drink his beers or drinks, whatever he was drinking, I don't remember exactly. And he got in a little apartment right around, right up the hill, right walking distance. That was it. He lived in an apartment and came there like every day, and he just loved it so much. And I'm looking, and there's like a wall to Lemmy, and all this. And I go in, and the girl that was at the front desk says, uh, the hostess, she had like red hair, young girl. She's like, "Are you looking for a bathroom?" And I said, "Well, actually, I am, but I want to have a beer. Is the indoor bar?" She goes, "No, that's not open. The outdoor bar is. But if you want to come back in, you can order there. You can chill out in here." She was very nice. And I said, great. So I go upstairs and I go in and it was real. It's real dark. And they have the booths and they have so much stuff on the walls and it's old though. And there was like a little private party going on and that was it. So I go up the stairs, go up the stairs. I'm like, oh, this carpet. Oh, oh, but it's rock and roll. It's not going to be corporate. i are not going to change that. So I go up the stairs, go to the bathroom. I come walking down. They got an ATM at the bottom of the stairs, a big picture of Lemmy. I go out to the outdoor bar. There's two guys that were sitting at a little table. And I'm looking at the spot that I saw in the documentary. This is where I'm, I am sit down almost at the corner. There's Lenny. I'm sitting right next to where Lemmy. Now he passed away like a year ago or two years ago. And I couldn't believe it. I didn't know from the movie that, It was outdoor. I thought he was indoor. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and there's a guy that's there. Big guy. He's got a hat on. He's got the long shorts and a little bit of a beard. And I'm like, that's the son that runs it. I saw him in the documentary. I said, hey, man. He goes, you be helped yet? I said, no, not yet. He sent the barmaid over. Can I help you? I said, I'm looking. I said, yeah, I'm going to get a beer. I see your two IPAs. I don't want anything heavy. She goes, there's all my beers. And there was bottles, like, up at the top. And I'm like, let me do something different. Let me go light. Let me go Amstel light. She goes, great. Boom. Can't open her. Boom. No, no glass. Good. Boom. Take the beer. And I look over and I said to him, I said, I saw you on the documentary. He goes, yep, that's me. My name is Mike. I said, my name is Rock. Pleasure to meet you. So he sits behind me where he had been sitting. He was doing some paperwork. Somebody asked who's playing tonight. He mentioned the band and... Blah, blah, blah. And so he's just sitting there. And then uh, I kind of turned around. And I uh, said, so I'm from Florida. He goes, oh, really? Okay, I wish I was in Florida, man. You guys opened up during the pandemic way earlier than we did. I, and then we just started talking about the pandemic, about traveling. I told him I was a sports guy. I had been to the Super Bowl, the owner's meetings, Phoenix, went to Denver, how many people are flying, blah, blah, blah. And we were just BSing and hanging. And I connected. Like, do you ever know when you just kind of, you can connect right away? And I was like, "Wow, this 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 is great!" And it's outdoor. There's covering over you, but there's no humidity. There's no bugs. It was 65 degrees. I had a short sleeve black shirt on. I had changed into a black shirt, black jeans, though, man. You know, compared to when I dropped off the girls in my shorts and some like you know yellow shirt, and uh, just hanging, just hanging. So I say to the barmaid, and she's there. You're from Florida? I said, "Yeah." I said, "How long you been here?" She goes, "20 years." I said, wow, that's impressive. I said, all my friends that are in the service industry, that are bartenders or barmaids, they all say the same thing. It lures you back. You want to kind of get out of it. You're ready. You look for other jobs. The corporate deal, the nine to five, the nine to six, the amount of money I can make and on my schedule, it lures me back. She goes, I'm a little older now. I don't like I used to do the three o'clock that night, late night. Now I do day. I got weekends off. I'm good. I go, that's great, man. So we start talking a little bit. We're BSing. So I'm sitting there. I'm drinking my beer. I'm like, wow, I am sitting right here. We're Lemmy. Oh, imagine all the people that came through here, man. So just loving life. The girls are shopping. I'm here at the Rainbow. And this guy walks in. He's walking towards us. He's got a, a... my wife said, don't call it a dungaree jacket. That's so, he's got a jean jacket, leather pants, four or five rings. He's got one of those chains attaches from his like belt buckled down and, and he comes over and he's like, uh, give me one of your IPAs. That's it. I don't care. I right, Let me see if I got some cash. Now nah, i put it on here. So just making conversation, I go, it's easy to do, right? You just put it on here, man. And he goes, hey, man, my name is so-and-so. And I said, my name is Rock. And he sits down next to me. I said, you from here? He goes, I'm from here. I came here all the time. I would see Lemmy. I never bothered him. I would just raise my glass. He'd like, hey, mate. He'd raise his glass. And that was it. He goes, but some fans came up to him. They'd bother him for pictures. It looked like it would be annoying but nah, I used to. I live in Austin, Texas now. I said, oh, Austin, Texas. That's the hot place, huh? And then he, he's staring at me. And he's looking at me. And he goes, you dye your hair, don't you? And I said, yeah, I don't like it. Right. And he goes, look at me, man. And he, run, he was a fairly good-looking guy, but he runs his his hair through his, his fingers through his hair. His hair was gray. And he goes... Look at me, look at my hair. Let it go. What'd you say? Let it go, dude. <laughs> and he goes like this, hey man, I'm an asshole. So what'd you say? I'm an asshole. Oh, he's a ball buster. I don't know this guy from Adam. And uh, But I don't mind a guy that will at least admit. He goes, I'm an asshole. And then he drinks his beer. And he's like, you know, we started talking a little bit. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm just here. You know, I used to live here. He's like, I bought my home in Austin like two years ago for 450 grand. It's worth over two mil now because I know what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, he's a cocky son of a bitch too. So then uh, he's like, I got I to gotta get my ba- I'm going inside. And he goes, dude, let it go. And I'm like, look at this guy. So he goes in. I'm sitting there. and I'm still, I'm loving it. Looking around at all the pictures and just hanging outside. Some workers are coming through. Now another a young guy comes in. He's got a hat on backwards. He's in his 20s. He's bringing a soda or a pop, whatever you say, and a bag of chips to the barmaid. And she goes, oh, thank you so much. I didn't know if this guy was a worker I didn't know if he was just a customer. I didn't know if he was Uber Eats. So he, he goes, can you order me a Philly cheesesteak? She goes, you got it. And he sits down next to me. I'm like, he's ordering a Philly cheesesteak at the Rainbow on Sunset. Now, when I go to rock clubs, I don't go for their food. But I have been told that the Rainbow's food is decent. And that kind of shocked me. So he's sitting there, and he knows the barmaid and this and that. And I said, oh, you live, you live here? He goes, yep. I moved here two years. Everything was two years. I moved here two years ago. This is my spot. I was like, oh, cool, cool. I said, hey, man, can you take a picture of me drinking a beer here sitting where Lemmy sits at the Rainbow? I want to show my friends this. And he goes, yeah. He didn't say much to me, man. He just, boom, one picture, boom. I go, thanks, dude. And that was that so he's talking to the barmaid she's talking back and forth and we're all talking and BSing. and she's talking about the ai stuff and they put a uh, famous actor and actresses on the head, bodies of porn stars or some shit we're just bsing da, da 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 and here comes the guy that says he's an asshole he's coming back now and he's walking and I'm looking at him he's got all kinds of big rings his big le- chain his leather pants jacket you know he he thinks he's cool I also noticed on the side of his head when he was sitting next to me there was a he had it he had it real tight cut on the side but you could just enough to see where he had his side of his head tattooed at one point something on there I was like he looks like he probably had a mohawk and a tattoo on his head. And he comes down, he goes, my kids are lame. They're done. I got to go. They're done. And I said, yeah, kids are different now. I go, you know, my son, now he's 25, but he when he was like driver's age, he waited an extra year to drive. Like, I can't imagine that back in my day. We had to get our license, you know. And he goes, yeah, because they're used to being driven around by their parents, man. Why should they get their license? You know, my kids, they don't go outside, they don't play in their. They don't get on their bike. They don't go outside, man. They're lame. So he's paying his bill and he looks over at me again. He goes. Now, I didn't know if he was busting my balls or he was he he meant it. He looks at me he's deadpan and he goes, how old are you, man? 70, about 75 I'm like, does he think I look 75? I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of saying, no, I'm not 75. I told him how old I was. And he's like, he goes, dude, let your hair go. And then he goes, hey, man, by the way, I put an oil on my skin. Look how good my face looks. And he told me some type of oil. And he goes, try it, man, sometime. And he walks out. And then there was a girl coming in. She had her little foo-foo doggy with her. And he went down to pet the dog with his rings on his hand. The dog didn't want any part of him. And then he looked over at me one more time. And he stuck out his hand for a fist bump. He goes, let it go. And he was off. (laughs) But I actually laughed. I was thinking later. And I told my wife and daughter when I picked them up shopping. I said, there was a guy came in, said he was an a-hole. And he said, told me, uh, let my hair go, natural. And he actually said, are you 75? And I I think he was busting. I I don't look 75, do I? And and they were like, oh my God, he was playing you, man. I think. Because I got to tell you, but I don't mind. It made me laugh. Like, if I was like, if I were to have lived here, this would be my spot. Because I got a spot where I used to go and I just felt it was like a cheers, man. If you have your spot, they know your drink, they know what beer you want, you, you feel comfortable. The rainbow would be my, I felt so comfortable there. And even for the guy that I thought was Uber Eats or whatever. And because the reason why I'm saying this, the night before I left, the new house that we're in now, my wife and daughter had left three, four days prior because they were going on a little camping RV excursion with her brother in Oregon. They flew to Portland, Oregon. That's where he lives. They went up to the Redwood Forest. They went to another spot. Then they flew out of Portland and we all met at LAX. And then we had our little four day vacation in LA. But those four days when they were gone to Oregon, I had my bachelor house here and I said, there's a shopping center. It's not walking distance anymore. You got to get in the car and drive or, and it's probably about eight minutes away, 10 minutes away. And I had checked it out before. There's one bar in the middle of this strip mall. Then there's a restaurant bar that's like, eh, clear sky. I looked at it. And there's another place, a wine bar. Women go in, sip their wines. The music they have is like very mellow. Uh, borderline, not even cool jazz, like very mellow. And just, and they do, you can get yourself a beer, but I didn't know, that's not going to be my spot. There's groups of four and five women sipping beer. <sighs> So there's one bar, it's kind of like a sports bar, and they got the TVs, they got the music on. And I'm like, maybe this is my spot. But I went in there to go to the bathroom like last week just to check it out. And the corner of the bar, there were like a couple of guys that were very loud and obnoxious, loud. And I was like, hmm. But, you know, so I said, this is the night. It's the night before my trip to L.A. Let me see if I got a local spot in my, our new location. And so I went into this bar and there wasn't any room at the bar. So I'm like, that's fine. I'll grab me a beer. And oh, my buddy works at this place, Crooked Thumb. And I saw it on their tap. It's an IPA. I'll take that. Do you know my buddy? It was a young kid, bartender. He had no skill. He says, nah. Oh, did you go to Eastlake High School? Yeah. When do you graduate? 2018. All right, he doesn't want to talk. No problem. So I sit down. And then a spot opened up at the bar. And he goes, Hey, man, there's a spot at the bar. I said, Oh, great. But I'm noticing these guys. They're on the corner. Now, they're different guys than were there last I'm like, Is this the corner that you'd be loud and obnoxious at this place? There's three guys. They're probably in their 40s. Grown men. Probably kids. I don't know. 40s, 50s, 40s. I would say 40s. They're watching. Women's softball, NCAA women's softball tournament. FSU is playing. I forget who they're playing. Okay, and they got a two. They asked that. They're mocking out the girls. Oh, look at her hair. Where'd you get that ponytail at the at the Tampa Downs? <laughs> oh, look at this, look at this beast. Yet the one guy is saying, "Yeah, but if they lose, they're in the losers bracket. They got to play so and so and so and so." I'm like, "Oh, so you really follow this shit?" yet you're mocking out these girls, and they're, they're loud. Yet the other TV had the Stanley Cup final on, and the other TVs had like a Rays game on, and that's fine if you're a grown man and don't have any kids, or and you love women's college softball, that's fine, but you're mocking them out, and you're loud, and laughing, and loud. It was really annoying, and there was a woman sitting next to me and she's having a deal with this, and I was close. I it was on that, but I'm by myself. I have no backup. There's three against one. I was gonna say like, wow, you guys really follow college softball. That's like wow with the hockey final, and Stanley Cup, and and yeah, you're wow. But I, it was on top of my tongue, and I'm like. I was still on the tip of my tongue. Don't say anything. Just, just, just. I'm trying to enjoy myself, but when you have somebody really loud and obnoxious, and it's embarrassing because there's a woman right here, and you're mocking out g- girls, women, and they're really all three of them. I couldn't believe it. It was like it was high school, man. And so the woman gets up and she goes, and when she leaves, they're high fiving each other, going, "We, we, we, we ran her out, man. We ran her out. She probably hated what we were saying." And I'm like, you're bragging about that? And I'm like, this is not going to be my spot. So finally, two of the guys left. The other guy went to another part of the bar. And now I moved over. And I'm like, ah. And another guy comes up, sits next to me, bald, probably in his 40s. He lives around here. He's getting a divorce. We started chopping it up. We got along pretty damn good we were we were ha- we were having a good time and he is one of those he this happens to me a lot he's like let me get your number man i want to hang out with you and i'm thinking i'm just here at the bar he's like let me get your number i want to hang out with you all right but i don't set up things like if i'm gonna go i just go on a whim i i go on my own and i leave when i want you know what i'm saying i'm not hey can we meet but and this has happened before but i gave him my number blah, 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 and it was okay and I left. I say, he goes, oh, you ordered a pie. Drink with me. I'm like, I already had two. I got to drive. I know it's not far, but I can't, I can't get a DUI, man. I can't be stuck in the house. I can't. I got to go down to the Rays, the Bucks, the Light. Like, no, 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 no. I got to go. And so he goes, all right, I got your number, and I left. But I tried to go to sleep that night, the night before I'm going to my LA trip to meet my girls, and I kept thinking of those Jag-Offs that were bragging that they ran off a woman at the bar because they were really obnoxious and they loved that. I I just couldn't get over it. Here I go to the legendary Rainbow and these people are cool as heck. And even the guy that was busting my balls about my hair color, at least he goes, I'm an asshole. And he high-fived me, you know? So... So anyway, I was coming off of that, but I, I those guys, eh, I'm not gonna pay much attention to you. Maybe I don't have a spot now, so I just got to do my drinking here by myself in the house. Uh, I mean, and the in my yard, <laughs> like that, you know. So be it, man. So be it. So be it. So anyway, um, I walked out. Now it was time to, for me to same thing. Two beers. I gotta drive. I gotta be responsible. And I got to go pick up my girls from their shopping. And so the big guy, Mike Mike is the guy that's the owner. Well, you know what? They had talked about the whiskey. The whiskey is right down the street. A couple of uh, bars down. And uh, same block. And the bar. I said, Mike mentioned the whiskey. And and there's the thing. She goes, same ownership. Same ownership now. I said, oh, okay. And then big Mike got up. He goes, all right, I'll be back later. See you guys. And he goes, hey, man. See you. And I said, it's a my pleasure. My pleasure, Mike. He goes, when you leaving? I said, ah, I got to leave. We're leaving tomorrow. He goes, ah. And the bartender later goes, when you leaving? I said, ah, I got to leave tomorrow. He goes, ah. So I'm like, that's a good sign. They must think that it would be cool for me to come there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. And while I was there, um, Mike had been looking at some video. The Another guy came up to him. He goes, hey, check out this video, Mike. Some guy had punched another guy. I don't know if it was in the parking lot in there, and they were they were looking at the video. Everything's on camera now, and they were like, "Oh, which one's the asshole? There's the asshole. Okay, and he. Okay, now see the asshole. Okay, so asshole is a very popular uh, word that was being thrown around on my LA trip. Here's the asshole. Oh, I saw the asshole. Oh, there, there he is. He hit him here. Okay, I saw it. Like just like it's an everyday occurrence. No big deal. A Call comes in. Somebody calls the bar. She picks up. Rainbow. David, hi, David, hold on. Hey, Mike, it's David Spade. He's coming in at 6.15. He doesn't want to sit at 19. He wants to be towards the back. Mike goes, put him at 8. All right, David, you got it. We'll see you at 6.15. You'll be at 8. Okay. And I'm like, wow, so the stars just call. They want to make sure they got the certain booth or whatever, you know, because Slash from Guns N' Roses and all this and then the guy that was the asshole that has said he was an asshole and said that he, um, you know, busted my balls. He told me that he goes, Ron, Je- I've been here, man. Ron Jeremy comes in here with a bunch of chicks. A lot of porn stars come in here. Chick uh, porn stars. <laughs> I'm like, cool. <laughs> this guy really thought he was something. Oil on his skin. Hair back. Premature gray. He, he, he walked out, he goes, I'm 45. I'm it was a step, my wife goes, why do you always, guys, talking about age? Like, women never mention, how old are you? Oh, you look, you look like you're 10 years older. Women would never do that. I think it's just a guy thing. So anyway, I walked out of that, and it was still daylight, and now I gotta drive to The Grove. It's a shopping district, real fancy probably 15 minutes 20 minutes no big deal but i i was walking and i was smiling and i was like damn if i lived here that would be my spot i know it i know it and i go that was awesome and i needed it after being with the girls and the shopping and the touristy stuff i i just needed it and it put me an hour and 10 minutes or whatever that's all i needed it put me in such a frame i was smiling driving back to the grove there was this that now this this grove shopping area fancy stores stores that my daughter likes Lululemon, lemon uh, all these things i saw a guy and i would just wait outside the shops i wouldn't i'd go in a little bit for a second with them and i'd say i'll wait outside i'll wait outside and i see this kid in his early 20s and he looked like a preppy kid. He had a short he had a t-shirt with a collar he had a shirt with a collar and shorts walking real fast, but he was on something. He was like he was biting his arm, biting his arm. he was punching the air, punching the air, walking real fast, walking real fast. And I'm like, look at that. That kid is definitely addicted. He's on something and this is a shishi poo poo fancy shopping center and right away one of these rental uh, Paul Blart mall cops, you know he sees him and he comes right out and this kid this guy is on another planet he's walking so fast so fast kept looking like he was eating his arm trying to eat his arm doing his thing doing all these motions i don't know what it was bath salts i don't know what he was on but yet he he didn't look you know you can't tell by and 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 the paul blart motions like out of here out of here and the and, and the guy that was eating his arm and mo- walking real quick and making all these motions Starts walking the other way, walking away, and then all of a sudden he takes off running, and then Paul Blart chases him. And I started walking down. I'm 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 in the content game, like this video, for a minute. You believe that, but I was thinking, my video might go viral. Like, what's this guy going to do? And I looked, and it, there's a parking lot, and it says Farmers Market, and the, uh, on this thing, and. They were down, way down there. I'm like, all right, what, what am I doing? Get back, get back. And then I calmly got back. I never even told my wife about it. No big deal. And then wait for the girls to come out the store and da, 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 da. There was another shopping area near Santa Monica, which we were staying. By the way, I want to thank Poncho and Maggie. They put us up in their second home, a little secondary home on the side on Santa Monica. They knew my father in law. She knew my father-in-law. Went to medical school eons ago. She just turned 80. And he, her husband, is a Hollywood producer. And he's still working to this day. Yeah. Big movies. He did like 11 with Charles Bronson. Look him up. Charles Bronson was a famous actor back in the day. And they were going to take us to their main house. Where do you hear about this. Same street as LeBron James. Yeah. In the hills. Yeah. In a mountain, so um, there was another shopping area called the Gro uh no the Third Street promenade. It's in Santa Monica, that's where we were staying. and we went there one day early on the trip because we went to the ferris, we went to the Santa Monica pier. We did all that day one, and on the last day there was a shop that she wanted to go, and my daughter, she's turning fourteen, and her mother, and we said we would you know, we would go back there. But I, I, I was done. I could not shop. another. I could not even go in. I said, I'll, "I'll maybe I'll go down to the B. I'll give you an hour. And she goes, great. So I'm in my big-ass rental car because my daughter wanted the biggest one. And I had to, you know, she got straight. Look at it. Before you say we're spoiling her, we are. She got straight A's. Three years of middle school and also honors honors classes. She already is ahead of the game going into high school. So you know what? We're, we're very proud. She worked hard. So, okay, here's your trip. Okay. we You want the big V? It was the same price. I'm in Hertz Gold member or whatever it's called. So, I mean, picking out, I'm like, I'm going to be driving in city traffic, parking in these little spots on the street. And I got to deal. Yes, that's what I did as the dad. And I drove the entire time. And so, uh, so I parked like five blocks. Oh, I went down to go to the... Bay. The traffic was so much on A1, A, that highway, and then uh, I'm like, this ain't gonna work. I'll go back up. I found a spot on a street like five blocks away from the shop. And when I was walking over there to meet the girls, I see this guy in a bicycle. He's in his 20s. It was a guy. He, had a, he was dressed like a girl. He had on boots, black boots, black like socks um he had on short shorts he had his hair in a pulled back in a bun he had stuff stuffed in there like fake and he had on lipstick and i he came by me on a bicycle just like hey that's his thing well wouldn't you know it when i got to the shopping center and they told me where they were, and I went in, okay, they're cool, blah, blah, blah. There is a bar right down here, cool bar. I'd like to have a beer, but again, I'm going to be driving. We're going to the airport tonight. We got to pack. We're taking a red eye. Eh. You know what? There's a chair where they have some street performers. I'll sit there. Who, the guy that I saw that's dressed like a girl, but he really is a guy, wouldn't you know it, he comes and sits down right across from me, gets off his bike, and he must have either been on something because maybe he had earbuds in. I didn't see him. I sat there for ten to fifteen minutes. He laughed the entire time. Nobody was around him with his bike and his and his lipstick and his hair and his. I'm just like that's his thing, I guess. But what is he laughing at? And anyway, I got up and then eventually met my girls and then off we went. But it was. We stayed here. Here's the thing I want to tell you about the prices, man. Now, my Starbucks coffee is cheaper than it is in Tampa. It was cheaper in L.A. Food prices maybe slightly higher. Most restaurants because of the help you got to pay more now, and 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 uh, supplies, and deli- you know, that's why your meal costs so much. That's a friend of mine in the restaurant business told me that. That's why prices have gone up. They got to do it to stay in business. So that's about the same. Gas was expensive, but I thought the housing market because we have been in looking for a house for the last four or five months. So we've been in it and the prices have gotten so high, I thought in Florida here. Well, once I got to LA, oh my God, we were fortunate enough to stay in a house, 1,600 square foot, built in 1942, in a neighborhood that was really a working-class neighborhood. It's in Santa Monica, but it wasn't near the pier. It was, you know, miles inland, just off of Pico Boulevard. You know, a couple of storefronts closed down, trying to redevelop the area. So you know what I'm saying. The house was nice. It was very clean and whatever, 1,600 square foot. She bought this house, this woman, that we were staying at her place because she let us stay there because she knows my father-in-law. So very, very thankful. She bought this two years ago. When it came up for sale because her friend used to own it, 100 offers on one day, 60 cash offers, six zero. 1,600 square foot. You know how much? 1.45 mil. 1942 home working class neighborhood and it's already gone up the zestimate now is 1.89 1600 square foot taxes over 17 grand a year expense unbelievable so and the people those people she and her husband he's a hollywood producer still working at 84 years old she took us she wanted us to take a tour I'm like, is she going to drive? She going to. They drive L.A. traffic. They drive on the hills, around the curves, the canyons, the mountains, in and out of traffic like nothing. It was actually inspirational. We went to a Chinese place. It was unbelievable near their house. And he was telling me, I'm like, man, they push me out. They think I'm too old. I can't. He goes, yeah, but I'm not on air. They don't see me. I'm behind the scenes. I'm a director, producer. I do it all. And I was like, that's great. When he, when he gets up to walk, he walks real fast. Real fast. Like, I know 80-year-old, 84-year-olds who walk real slow around here. It was unbelievable to see. I loved it. Loved it. So, now they're going to take us. They want to take us to their house. And he was going, he's been in this house 47 years, Poncho. Okay? He's 84. We go up this hill. Not a gated community, nothing like that. You would never know from the street these are these homes, but it's the view of all of L.A. because you're in a mountain, in the hill. We're going up. He's like, "See that? There's two black SUVs outside this house. That's LeBron James's house. That's LeBron James's house. And this is your street. Yeah, LeBron James has 24/7 around the clock security." Two SUVs and two dudes. Night, day, morning, noon, night, 24-7. Wow, he's got, he needs security. Three houses, four houses next to him. That's the singer, young guy, Justin Bieber. Over here's the comedian, Jim Carrey. Oh, Christy Brinkley lives here. All on this street? And again, there's no gated, you would never know. We get up there's only one house it's like not a cul-de-sac nothing fancy treacherous steps steep to go down to their house he goes it's not big we go in the house all glass view of LA you can see SoFi Stadium you can see the ocean you can see the boats you can see Beverly Hills you can see UCLA Westwood oh my God He's like, can I get you a drink, bourbon, scotch, whatever? I'm like, oh, I'm really a beer guy, no problem. Gives me an IPA. Uh, we were just blown away. We went outside on their deck. We looked down. There's their pool. He hits a switch. Boom, the covering automatically comes off. Like around here, you got a pool. You got to put the covering on, take it off by hand. Nah. Unreal. We were blown away. And it was just so awesome. And then they were driving us around, and it was cool to see. I mean, you can be in your 80s and still live in it. I mean, how about that? How about that? You know, and I was asked about the traffic. Um, I was used to it. You know, I've been to LA, I would say, maybe eight times. Um, I'm used to, I just knew it, prepared for it, so you just have to have more patience. Now, again, we were on vacation mode. It's different if you're living there and you're on deadlines or you got to get your kids to here to there. You got to pick somebody up. You got to have an appointment. You got to have a meeting. You know, that would probably drive me crazy. The other thing is the homeless situation. I know from videos I was expecting. It wasn't as bad as I thought. It really wasn't. But also, and they've always had homeless in L.A., but... I saw the tents and around near freeways, sides of the street, near businesses. They seemed to mind their own business. You know, it wasn't quite as bad as I guess what it once was. I will tell you this, though. We spent two days in Beverly Hills. We were Yes, we were on Rodeo Drive. Also, I've been on some movie junkets where I've stayed at the Beverly Hilton. I was put up, so I wasn't made for this. Beverly Hilton. The other one on Doheny, that's where I ended up parking and then walking into Beverly Hills because we want to get our daughter some exercise. Don't be just sitting and eating and being on your phone, you know, and shot. We want to make sure we we're walking instead of hiking. All right. And we did we did do the Hollywood uh, up by the Hollywood sign. That was really cool. But um, we w- I never saw any homeless. I never saw a vagrant. I never saw anyone like that in the beverly hills when you got money whether they're paying the politicians whether this police i don't know what it was you didn't see any of that but the lawns are so well manicured the a lot of old money too you know that i noticed when emily and i had a honeymoon we went up and down the uh we went uh, the east the the coast stayed in uh, outside of San Francisco. We started off, we came all the way down in San Luis Obispo and, and that part. And then we finished in LA, what, 18, 20 years ago? And I went by the hotel, that's all I could afford at the time, the Elon, kind of on the border near Beverly Boulevard, a Beverly uh, Center. And that was redone, that was kind of cool. And I took pictures of that. So I was familiar with Beverly Hills. We did the walking, we did a lot of walking, all in all it was pretty good, yeah, there is traffic, but if you can avoid the freeways, and a lot of times we were uh I was used to it wasn't you know you just gotta you gotta be in the right mindset, you know. We met a friend of Emily's sister, Andrea. she's been living in l a probably twenty years. she's an aspiring actress, she's had some roles, she's been in a couple of movies. Uh, she's done a lot of different odd jobs just to pay the bills, and we met her one day at the farmers market. It was the food is unbelievable; you can get anything you want, and then sit down. Again, everything's outside but covered. And she was giving us her take, and you know she's she's like, I'll never be able to afford a house in L.A. She always rents. Da 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 da. But it was very nice. So we knew a couple people, and we just we basically had. A really, really cool time and and, and again it, if I just by getting that one hour by myself to go to the rainbow, man, I was cool I, it just it just set me straight and that something so we made it back I was a little on edge that evening because when you take a red eye, it knocks you it knocks me out. It knocks your body clock out. I've done that a couple of times, and it's usually whipped. Now, I didn't feel that bad, even though we had the kids screaming for 45 minutes behind me uh, on takeoff. Once we got down, boom, we got a little nap that day, and I went out to Safety Harbor to the craft beer bar where my friends. I needed to see my buddies, and I wanted to tell them about what was going on. And they loved the stories. So all in all, it was a great trip. My daughter deserved it. I played the good dad, and I also had fun as well. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, there you go. There you go. Listen, Jeff Schwartz, thank you, my man. Even to the guy that said he was an asshole and busted my balls. Blank you, buddy. And you guys have a good day, all right? And I'll talk to you next week on The Rock Stops here.